0: unzipped. A lot of my clients and friends want to know how I established a spiritual practice. It didn't happen overnight. It took 60, almost 69 years, and it wasn't easy. It was a lot of fun, and it was a lot of pain, and it was a long journey. But along the journey, I learned to surrender to all of the possibilities that spirit had for me. I learned to become a sacred soul self, I learned about my true colors, I am, I developed a sacred toolkit and the principle of infinite unity. The principle of infinite unity was a download from a near-death experience, as was the calm principle and the river and surrender. And these are some of the, the sacred principles that I share with my clients and my friends and that I use in my own life. One of the biggest questions that I ask is is the how and why. How did it start? And it started as a young child, born into a very diverse family, and um, parents with absolutely different religions, different lifestyles, um, and different cultural backgrounds, and then living in a remote location on a ranch where there was not a lot of people except my parents and the crew that worked on the ranch and a lot of animals. So I was outside a lot with my parents. I was on a saddle with my father when I was only a few weeks old. When I was a year old is when everything really changed in my life. I developed, I caught uh, polio at the age of one in the epidemic of 1952 that swept across the prairies. South Saskatchewan, uh, all of Southern Alberta, and a good part of the Rocky Mountains on the, on the near side, on both sides of the BC border. So the epidemic was wide. Uh, thousands and thousands of people were affected. Luckily, I was one of the ones that was not paralyzed. It affected my muscles. It, it affected my ability to walk for any length of time. I could walk and I could stand, but I had no muscle strength. And that's something that has stayed with me to this to this very day. Uh, my husband says, "Well, the curtain has dropped," and it is a curtain that's dropped because suddenly, with no no warning, just all of the strength will kind of go out of my body, and I'm I'm done for the night or day, whatever that is. But I've learned that what that has brought me is great clarity and great ability to be still, to be still and to be silent and to go within and to just listen. Um, I was in a COVID bubble before there was ever a COVID or anything that kept us in. I learned how to live in a bubble at a very young age. In addition to uh, having polio, I was sent away just three months later to live with my grandmother in Lethbridge and my grandfather step-grandmother and my grandfather uh, because my mother had given birth the same day that I was taken into the hospital in Claresholm, Alberta with polio by my father. My mother, who was on a shopping trip to Calgary, went into premature labor and gave birth to my brother. So imagine this only child with a husband, my mother was an only child, imagine this woman who was very young and had this new baby and now a daughter with polio coming back to a ranch with a premature baby, a sick toddler, and 40 men to feed three times a day because a 1,000 or 2,000 head of cattle, depending on what season of the year it was, had to be managed. It was pretty tough, and my dad had to be out with the men, so she had no support in in the household other than uh, a gentleman that, that helped with the cooking a little bit and helped you know, doing the shopping and stuff for mom in town. But I went to stay with my grandmother and she was very busy and an entrepreneur in her own way at that time. And she was into natural herbs and vitamins before it was a thing. Like, I mean, this is obviously 67 years ago and it wasn't a big thing to, to take supplements in any way, but she was starting to do that. So she was feeding me all these things. That my parents never would have thought of but what it did is it brought back the vitality and the life in my life but during these still periods when i was quiet what happened is i would hear voices i would see spirit and i would particularly see small shining lights which i equated to fairies now i know that these lights were actually angel symbols and that's how angels Come to me. They always come to me in multicolored rainbow spreads of light, and I've actually photographed them now later in my life because I, I know that that's what they are. So as this life progressed, I had all of the challenges that that people have. I had successes and I had failures. Monumental failures, you know, included two divorces. Uh, starting and, and having to close a business because of 911. Uh, I went into relationship Armageddon where I really didn't feel that I wanted to be with anybody, but I didn't want to be alone. So, with that energy dynamic, I attracted people that were kind of great roommates, but not people that would serve my soul or help me to raise to my next level. In the journey, Um, One of the things that I thought about the most was, was how to be calm. And I also thought about all the colors that I saw. Because I was also born technically legally blind, I couldn't see the big E on the chart if it was more than two feet away from me. Up close, like this, I could read and I could see. This far away, everything and everybody just looked like a Christmas tree to me. And nature was extraordinary. There was all this color and light. Every blade of grass, every butterfly, every bird, every leaf had more than one color. The colors that it was or were, and also the colors of the energy and aura. I didn't have a way to express or know what this was. And it wasn't until many, many years later, living overseas and studying with a Jesuit priest named Father Sherry, who was a Coptic Catholic Jesuit priest from Egypt. So he introduced me to a whole lot of different disciplines, and he spoke about color and resonance. And it was the first person in my life that I had ever spoken to that saw what I saw, knew what I knew, and accepted it as a perfectly natural, beautiful experience that we all are. And then I began to know and see and understand that all of the signs and symbols that I experienced and interpreted through the child's eye now needed to be refined and explained. At one point in my life, my parents actually took me to a child psychiatrist. I was around the age of 11 or 12, as I remember. And uh, they were very concerned because they heard me repeatedly talking to people in my bedroom alone at night. Um, My beautiful little sister was quite, quite a bit younger than me, so she didn't think anything strange about this. But my parents were very concerned. They thought that perhaps I was bipolar or schizophrenic or just some little bit of kind of crazy but they wanted to check it out. So they took me to a child psychiatrist because my mother was a teacher and a nurse and and she was very into taking control and taking care of things. And he said, well, there's nothing wrong with her mentally. She's sharp as a tack. In fact, she has a very high intelligence and IQ. However, I just don't know who she's talking to, but she's not crazy. She's not schizophrenic. She's not bipolar. She'll grow out of it. But if you want, I can do some hypnotherapy. So literally, I went through several hypnotherapy sessions uh, with Dr. Bosch to see if I could eliminate these voices. And what I did was just turn down the dial. You can turn down the dial on anything, whether it's your energy, your, your sight, your hearing, your vision. It's all a part of the resonance of what you are. So when I was with Father Sherry and we were talking about True Colors, he explained to me auras and how your fields expand and contract. And we did a lot of exercises together where I got to practice um, watching how different conversations and different ways of speaking would change a person's energy field. And it was really funny because I met Father Sherry in a workout room in a hotel that all of the expatriates in the country and in the city that I lived in, in Indonesia went to, to work out. And I went there to work out and father Sherry was one of the people that also worked out there. And one day he saw me staring at this person across the room. And he said, I have to ask, what are you looking at? And I said, well, I'm looking at her colors. And he said, really, what colors do you see? And I said, The colors that I saw. And he said, Wow, I see that too. And then he said, Do you see this? And we were having this crazy, really wild talk. You know, me and this old priest, he's on a treadmill, I'm on a treadmill, all these people are working out in front of us. And we're talking about all the colors we see on other people. And for the first time in my life, I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew. I was being validated, because why would a Jesuit priest lie to me? So it was so cool. For the first time, I I felt this, this energy of relief. It was like a river of possibility. I could own what I was. I could understand the wisdom of what I was seeing. I knew that I was endowed with a gift that everybody had but nobody knew how to refine and and amplify and with this endowment with this ownership this wisdom and all the possibilities it brought to me i felt a radiance come onto me i felt a power in me that i had never known and when i tried to explain it to my then husband he again thought i was like everybody else batshit crazy was what he said (laughs) Don't talk to anybody about this because this is a small, this is a small place. And because that experience with my most closest and intimate partner in my life mirrored the experience I had with my parents, I pushed myself down again. I submerged myself. And then I visited Salt Spring Island and my sister said to me, there's this angel lady that's doing angel readings would you like to go and I said why and she said well you talk to angels I heard you when I was little I know you believe in angels and I said of course I believe in angels she said well let's go do this and we went and talked to this lady and she introduced me to my angels and she wrote me a long letter about it and it was all really lovely and very genuine and the letter that she sent me had a lot of things that were truisms for me But she got all my angels' names wrong. And I knew that because they had already given them to me. And here's the deal with angels, folks. When you ask your angel, what's your name? And he says, Henry, it's Henry. If he says, it's Tom, or it's Alonzo, or it's Emmanuel, or it's Ezekiel, or it's whatever... It doesn't have to be out of the Bible or the Book of Mormon or the Quran or any of those other things. Angels are your personal guides and guardians. They are with you for life. You have one or two or three that are there from birth as your young soul, and then they come in and they stay with you through that life. They go. You have one or two that go with you through all of your incarnations and all of your lives. And then you have what I call the process and the fixers, the angels that come in to help you with specific things. So when I lose something, I call on Shumul because he's the angel of lost things. I'm really, I really struggle with technology a lot. When I'm struggling with technology, I call in Uriel. He's the angel of technology and careers and works. And when I want to have clear communication with myself and with others, I call in Raphael. When I want healing or help with healing someone else, I call in Gabriel. And when I'm going to war for peace on something, I call in Michael because he is the powerful angel of reconciliation and conclusion of everything that you're dealing with in your life that may not be expressing itself as exactly positive. So another thing that happened to me right after I had started this realization and this, I call it my power trip, is I had my first near-death experience that I remember. Apparently, I had one during uh, my polio experience with the high fever that my parents told me about. And that's when they said I started speaking to lights and people and things that weren't there. But the second one was when I was, it was in 1985, and I had a a surgery, and I died on the table. And when I died, I went into this um, experience of oneness, and this experience of of I am. And that is the word, the, the phrase that I kept hearing, I I was saying, speaking, and the words I was getting were, I am, because I would say, where am I? And I would get that you are here now. Think of now as capital N-O-W. And why am I here? You are here to know. Think of now as capital K-N-O-W. And I said, but why am I here? And that's Because I had a choice. I had a choice to stay or a choice to go. But I was there to receive information about color and auras and chakras. I was here there to learn the power of your word, to create your reality. And I was there to understand that we are all infinite and that all there is is love. Now, apparently, while this was happening, uh, they, they brought me back, and I got trotted off to the recovery room, and one of the things I had noticed when I left my body was that I hovered above, it's a common experience, I hovered above the, the operating, in the operating theater room, above the big surgical light for what seemed like hours, but it was really just milliseconds. And while I was there, and I'm noticing all of the frantic activity, um, I noticed the one nurse's name, who was Lily, and I knew her well, and she was in the operating room with me, and her sole job, it was beautiful in Singapore, they always had somebody to hold your hand. So this one nurse, her job was to hold my hand, and I already knew her, and her name was Lily, and she was praying for me. She was holding my hand, and she was praying and praying. Her eyes were closed, and she was praying so hard for me. And they were pumping my chest, and they put the paddles on, and she let go, and they paddled me, and I came back, and and she's crying, and everybody's crying. But here's the deal. Everybody was speaking Mandarin Chinese. Everybody was speaking Chinese. Although most people, and especially the professionals in Singapore, all speak English, and it is the first language of the country These people in the rush of the emergency were speaking Chinese and I, who didn't speak a word of Chinese other than how are you and happy new year and, and to the taxi driver, please take me to wherever I was going. I understood, I understood everything they were saying. And it was just like a moment where I realized I'm not in my body and I'm understanding Chinese. So I'm dead. And then I was gone. And I was in infinite unity. And my father came forward to greet me. So it's really true. Your loved ones come forward to greet me. But I didn't recognize him as my father. I recognized him as the light and the energy and the resonance of my father. Although he presented in that energy the face and the body and particularly the smells that I knew. This energy smelled like my father. But more importantly than that, it was his colors, the colors that I knew as a small child. And when I looked around, I was surrounded by these beautiful, beautiful, this field of shining lights. And every single light was composed of, of different colors. And some of the colors were stronger and brighter and some were lighter and some were twirling and some were curling and some were zooming straight out like fireworks. Some looked like fireworks exploding in their light and then behind the light i saw 12 pillars of light coming in towards me and i don't have another name for these super beings or superpowers of light that appeared to me other than i called them the guardians and the powers and and they seem to accept that that seemed to be a good way to communicate and what they told me is that i had a choice but that my life was going to change in many many ways that I wouldn't understand until much later, but that all I had to concentrate on was being love. That's it. Just be love. And I said, well, I I love everybody until I don't. And when I don't, I really don't. And they said, yes, but that's gotta stop too because your, your, your job, your purpose, your mission is to be love and to teach love everywhere and anywhere that you go in that manner that is then the highest good of all concerned. That's pretty powerful because, you know, when you're thinking about love, you think about your husband or your wife or your child or your sister or your brother or your good friend. And, sometimes you know when you pass an accident or you hear about something terrible happening you know like the sad losses in our in our air force over the past weeks you and navy you really um send love and feel love as as a citizen of the country for people that have been upholding um law and safety for all of us and that that's an easy stretch but when someone shows up in your life that is really hard to love, or you love them and they do things that really, really wound you and hurt you, it's pretty easy to get lost and forget that it's about love. So I brought that question up with the powers, and they said, if you could just love you the way we love you, the way I love you, And by the way, all of these powers, all of this energy, including the field of energy in my father that came to meet me, even though they appeared initially as separate lights, as they were talking to me all the field went together. Everything was like this. And there were sparkles of lights and lights opening up out of the field. But the field was one spherical blanket of lights. It wasn't this light and that light and that light and the blue light is over here and the white light is over here and the pink light is over here. It was this scintillating, fabulous rainbow, this this orb that was bigger than you can imagine anything being. And all of these lights, every single one was a part of that. And what I was told and what I was shown is that if one light is taken away from that light. It diminishes the light of all. And I said, Well, what about what about Hitler? And, and the reply was, Well, well, what about Hitler? And I said, Well, I how can you love somebody like that? And the answer was that there are souls that are cho- that choose, actively choose to be the bad guy to come to the planet, to the school of university on earth and show up as a dense and negative and fearful and often murderous energy to bring us into our power to know that we have to know the dark to know the light. And the darker the dark is, the lighter the light has to grow to be. It's a mirror image of our soul, of what we are capable of being, good, bad, or indifferent. But with each and every single one of us, it is a personal choice. And it doesn't matter whether you're Catholic or Muslim or Buddhist or agnostic or atheist. We are all one part of that cosmic light. And science is now actually catching up with spirituality and is proving that yes at the quantum physics level we are all one energy one cell as part of a big cell just as the cells in our body compose our body the cells of the universe each cell is one of our lights and without that light there can be no whole without all of those lights there can be no infinity and infinity, the the infinite law of unity is that we are all infinite. So, one of the things that I like to do is to teach uh, an exercise called that I call infinite unity. And to do the exercise, you either standing or sitting, make a figure eight like this in front of you. It's pretty simple. Up and down, a beautiful figure eight the symbol of infinity. And when you're doing that, what is happening is you are aligning and bringing together your masculine and your feminine energies. And when you're taking it to the side, I'm sorry, this is this is your uh, soul crown energy to root energy, bringing in crown energy to earth energy, and marrying soul energy with sacred Gaia, the Mother Earth, which is part of the mother of us all. And then when you take it out from left to right and back and forth again, you are bringing in your masculine and your feminine energies. And then when you cycle that back and you bring it to your heart, you're connecting that energy to soul. You are receiving from source and you are grounding to Mother Earth. So you are in that moment, a perfect receptacle of, of infinite energy. And in that place, you are able to experience what I call the calm principle. So I break this down so that that my clients and my students can understand this in a way that it's it's an anagram. So C equals communication, clarity, choice, cooperation, and coherence. A equals awareness, attention, alignment, and action. L equals listen, learn, laugh, love, lean into it, love it, and then leap. Take action, live large. But listening is really important. M, well, once you've done all of this, once you've invoked all of the parts of the calm principle, communication, clarity, choice, cooperation, and coherence, awareness, attention, alignment, and action, you've listened, you've learned, you've laughed about it, you've figured out how to love it, you're leaning into that principle you are able to live larger. You are able to leave. Now you're getting out of the way. Now the M comes in. You get to find meaning, full meaning, meaningful things happen. Your mind full. You put your mind where it can be filled with the things that uplift your energy, your mind, and your body. And when you do that, all you have to do is step back. And let Source, let the universe, bring to you, manifest through you with your intention, from your intention, all of the miracles, big and large, that are going to occur in your life. Because they do. We have miracles every day if we choose to see them. So one of the big parts of this, working the calm principle, is coming back to the I am. The intention of your word. So think of the I as I for intention. And am is manifesting from my intention everything that I say to the universe, to source, to God, to whatever you want to call that eternal energy. For you, what resonates with your energy, you say, what you want to bring to you so this is where the power of your word gets really really intense because when you say i am something you are telling source the universal field the energy exactly what you want them to bring more of the energy of what you're saying to you so if you declare with intention, I am, please, please, if you learn nothing else from me, know that what you say after I am really, really, really counts. So if it's something negative, you're feeling angry, you're feeling sad, you're feeling mad, you're feeling broke, you're feeling tired, you're feeling Abused, whatever it is that you're experiencing that feels dark and negative, express it as a feeling, not as an actual part of your divine being. If you express it as a feeling, it's an expression that gets the energy out of your field. That's why we are given feelings, so that we can feel them, decide what they are, express them with conscious awareness and calmness as part of infinite unity and get them out of our body. And when we get them out, universe says, oh, that's a feeling, not an actual thing that he or she wants. Well, I can help with the feeling. And then the things happen, the synchronicities, the people come into your life, the, the jobs come into your life, things change to help you change that feeling to something more positive but you have to take action and communicate and have choices and cooperate and and raise your coherence you have to pay attention you have to align yourself you have to listen and you have to not play small you have to not make yourself lesser that's stepping into your power knowing that everything is possible if you choose it. It's taking ownership of what you need to do, what you're saying, who you're saying it to, and how you're saying it. It's tapping into your wisdom because we all have everything that is, everything that was, and everything that will ever will be. It's there, right there in us. We don't have to go outside for it. We don't have to look for it in someone else. In fact, when we find it in ourselves, it attracts to us everything that we need to be more of what we are creating, of our own true power. Now, some people think of power as a really negative word. To be powerful is to be over something or stronger than something. But power is the ability, the true principle of power is to know that all things are possible if you choose them you take action you are in alignment you pay attention you're aware and you're clear you get clarity about what it is you need and want and how you express it to the world from that calm place you're either in I draw a mind map for for my clients and my students. And on the mind map side, I don't make the dark side, the mind map black. I make it blue because the mind map is, is communication. Your ego, your brain is just a big superconducting computer that sends all these thoughts through you that are the clues to the possibilities that are open to you when you choose what you want to express and create. So I have a a mind map side, that's the ego side, and a heart map side, and that's your calm and coherence. The mind map side is where chaos and incoherence are created when you don't pay attention and have awareness about where your thoughts are leading you. And the, the heart map side, that's the calm and that's the coherent side. When you're listening to your heart and you're listening to your intuition and you're bringing that all back together in perfect, infinite unity. And there's a lot of tools that you can use, and I'll show you some in a minute, um, to help you get that clarity. So when you're working the mind map, what's happening is you're evaluating, you're in evaluation of yourself or something or someone. When you're in evaluation, you're in judgment. When you evaluate something, you're judging it to be good, bad, or indifferent. The minute you go into judgment of yourself, others, or something, or a situation, you are really ramping up chaos and incoherence. Because when you are in judgment, all you can create is more problems. This is ego-based. When you create problems and you're in judgment and it's ego-based, What you create is compromise. You make choices that compromise your integrity or other people's integrity. You're not in alignment. You're not in clarity. And you're certainly not in common coherence. And when you create that space, it replicates itself. It's like the rat on the wheel in the science lab. It's just going around and around, trying to get someplace. But it's the same old circle going around and around. Breeding more chaos and incoherence. So what's the solution? What's a soulful solution to create calm and coherence in your life? To be navigating from your heart now? Well, the first solution is to find value in whatever is happening. Even if the situation appears hard or harsh or challenging, There is a value in it. If it's challenging, there's something in it that you need to learn. It's not about the other person. It's not about what someone's doing to you. It's what you are doing to yourself by not finding value in what it is you need to learn in that situation to carry it forward from a place of calm and coherence, working and following the heart map. When you find that value in yourself, someone else, or the situation, even when it's a a wild stretch to try to do that because you have some ego-based judgment clinging in there, trying to hang on, you're in non-judgment. And I can tell you on the other side, from all three of my near-death experiences, there is no judgment on the other side. That is something that we do with ourselves and with each other. It's part of our human persona and how we come to know higher spiritual laws. But over there, there's no judgment. Everything and everyone is equal and a bright, shining light and soul. Just growing that soulness more. And in growing each individual soul, they're growing the whole fabric of the universal soul. So when you're in non-judgment, you've gone to common coherence, you've found self-value, valuation in the situation, you've chosen to not be in judgment of yourself, someone else, or the situation. Now you can create solutions. Now you're in a place where your soul is full and you can create soulful solutions. This is why I named my company and my process. Soulful solutions. It's something I had to learn from the center of my soul, from a heart-based map, trusting myself and my intuition, and stepping into my power. But first, I had to surrender. I had to surrender and be heart-based. And when I surrendered, I created cooperation. Cooperation with myself, with other people, with the universe, with my path, with my purpose. And I've seen it repeat over and over and over with hundreds of people that I have worked these soulful solutions with. So when you're in cooperation and not compromise, what happens? The cycle repeats. You create, you go right back. You stay in common coherence. And from that point, you're in this infinite cycle, infinite circle, infinite dance of love and calm and coherence. And when you're in that space, here's my motto, you get to know, you get to grow exponentially as a human being on the planet and as a soul having a human experience. And that is the, the most beautiful and the most fantastic thing that anyone any human being can experience you get to know you get to grow and then you get to flow but you don't flow until you surrender to infinite unity and surrender is to see see again here's my little word maps what does surrender mean the s equals c the u equals understand but don't just look at the surface. Don't just look what is happening right in front of you. Look at the whole situation. Do a little digging. Dig underneath. Maybe there are some things that are happening underneath that are causing other things that you don't even see because you're just looking at the surface thing in front of you. So be prepared to dig and get under and understand what's not obvious right in front of you. The R stands for reality. Get real about this. Don't it, this isn't pie in the sky all airy fairy floating off with the angels. This is get down in the muck and the mud, see what's real, understand what it's about, dig underneath, find out what's not obvious, express it as reality. And then my favorite are release And the more you release, you come to E. The more you express. The more you express, the more you embrace. The more you release and express and embrace, the more you are in right now, right here, right now. You're not over there in yesterday. He said, she said, they did. Who did this to me? Who did that to them? How can they do that? You know, you don't live in Obamaville or Trumpville or Trudeauville. You live here and now where you live with the people you love and express and exchange energy with. And you live calm and you live present and you live on purpose. And when you do that, that stands for the D in surrender. You quit being a human doing doing this, doing that, going there, having that, wanting this, needing that, you surrender, you've released, you've expressed, you're embracing, you're now. And you're not doing anymore. Because when you do and do and do, all you create is doo-doo. And we don't have baggies big enough for the doo-doo that humans as a whole planet create from doing rather than being. And doing versus being is also the mirror, the dark and the light. It's the duality of the mind map and the heart map. We have to have both. We have to realize when we're doing so we can realize what we need to be and step away from doing to become more infinite and being. When we do that, we come to the last E and surrender. We elevate our energy. We expand our field. And when we elevate and expand our field, we realize, we renew, we realign. And truly, every single moment that we do this, we are reborn again in now. This is your get-out-of-jail-free card from all of the crop that you create in your life. To surrender to that was and to move into choice and say, I can choose differently. I can just be here now, a human being. And I can let go of all the doo do in my life and the doingness. And I can just step into this moment and be. And now you become the river. You become that infinite flow. You see, a river, a river doesn't ever judge. A river is riverness. But a river is elemental. It is composed of everything that brings us life. Oxygen and nitrogen, it's fluid and it's air. It creates rain and snow. It moves huge mountains. It carves great canyons. It feeds the world. We can't live without water, we need it as much as we need air. And we can live a long time just on water and air. It's really important to realize that a river changes and carves and makes different channels, but it never thinks about what it's doing, whether it's the rain or the snow Whether it's a rushing stream, a waterfall, a meandering creek, going into a big lake, going to yet another river, moving to the mother of the oceans, and then reabsorbed up into the air, evolving again into more rain and snow. The river never thinks, I think I'll choose snow today. Or, no, no, I think I'd rather be a raindrop. No, I want to be hail. I'm really feeling rotten today. I just want to pound the earth and express as hail. The river doesn't have a mind. The river is just being the river, flowing. When a river comes to the bank, it may erode the bank. And that's a challenge for the bank. The river of life that we're in is always challenging. Sometimes we get to be the still beautiful pond. With the butterflies and the dragonflies and and the deer and everybody just drawn to our tranquil oneness and stillness sometimes we're rushing and we're creating rapids and we're we're moving huge boulders and everything is steam and source and and huge heavy motion sometimes we're just the river floating along and then we come to an abyss and it's, it's a great It's a great hole. And we know we're going to fall thousands of feet. And we think it might even kill us. But the river just flows. And when it comes to the abyss, it surrenders and it just falls. Have you ever seen a waterfall you didn't like? Have you ever seen a waterfall that didn't inspire you? Have you ever seen a river and thought, I wonder what the river's thinking? The river doesn't think, it just surrenders to riverness. And that's what you do when you become a human being. You surrender to sacred soul self. Sacred soul self, again, I'm going to draw you a mind and a heart map. So think of the word sacred. What would that mean? What could you describe sacred as? Sacred is, the S is surrender, the A is awakened, the C is calm, the E is evolved, and the D is divine. Because when you surrender, you step into the place where you can express the divine in you, the soul that is you in this human experience. On the map side, on the ego side, Remember the dualities, the light and the dark, and how you need to express this as all one? Well, when you're in sacred soul self, this beautiful communicating ego computer that you have is there to serve yourself, your human body. And the S stands for seeking, because the human body is designed, the human being is designed to seek and know and to study it's about sacred education. The E is emerging, expanding, and evolving as the river evolves from snow to rain and hail to the water to the, to the rapids to the waterfall to the lake to the pond. And even when a river hits an insurmountable object that it can't get around, it will go underground and create beautiful artesian wells deep in the earth that will sustain us for years and years and years after we feel our waters running out. And then the L in self stands for limits. Don't put limits on love, right? Don't limit your love. That's an ego thing. And the F stands for fulfillment. Make yourself full. Learn what you need to learn. Choose what you need to choose. Be the river, whether you're on the bank going over the waterfall meandering slowly down, or whether you're the ocean sustaining all of this other huge life that is also sacred. And then you bring the soul to the self, because our soul is encased within ourself. And the S in soul stands for source. We are one, we are source, we are infinite unity. And as that oneness and that unity, the O and the U in soul, we come back to the L in soul, which is infinite love, limitless, all-encompassing love. And that is the realization of sacred soul self. And we all get there. Even if it doesn't happen till we transition out, we get there. And we get to express it. And then we get to choose whether we come back and do it all again. And when you embrace your sacred soul self, you talk with intention and I am. You use the tools that empower you. And you know all of, all of my, my clients and my students, they, they receive what I call my sacred soul kit. It's something that I created that I love to use and I love my students and clients to use. And what this little toolkit is composed of is a clearing prayer An angel invocation and an affirmation for each of your chakras so that your auric field and the colors that are expressed through your chakras to the field are all balanced. Each of these chakras in the field relates to a different part of your body, a different part of your light, whether it's the soul light or the self light. And it's important to keep those chakras clear and balanced because they help your organs in your body to be clear and balanced. You take care of your body with exercise and with food. It's equally as important to take care of your body, your energy body, by refining and defining and balancing and clearing and calming and grounding your chakras. It's the most important thing I do every day. And when you do that, you are a prism of light. You are a rainbow walking. You are like every sparkling, beautiful crystal reflection you have ever seen. And that is your job. That is your purpose, your soul path. It is your sacred education and sacred evolution to discover and know and grow and flow and glow with that infinite possibility. So to close and then go to questions. I think we have time for some. I would just like to do my sacred prayer with you. So I'd like you to close your eyes and just lean back into the field and make yourself very, very comfortable. Ruth, I love seeing your couch. It's very beautiful. And Rini, I love seeing the Buddha behind you. This is just so cool to see two people that I really, really love so much uh, in their space doing this with me. So thank you so much for sharing this with me. And anybody else that's listening in, um, I'm so happy to be here in this space and sharing this prayer with you. So let's close our eyes, bring our hands either to our heart or open to receive in our lap. And I want you to repeat this after me with as much feeling as you can you are in the I am the intention of calling forth this prayer into your field so here we go nice breath in I call forth my light I bring forth my essence My true self is now within and around me. Everything that is not me. I send back to source with love. Never to return again. Big breath in. I call forth my light. I bring forth my essence. My true self is now within and around me. The wisdom of ancient sacred soul is now revealed. The energetic signature of my immortal self brings me the truth I need. Source fills my field and bays. My cells, systems, and consciousness with pure light. This light fills my heart. I am light. I am coherence. I am love. I am that I am. So I am. I may hear the tone just a little bit longer than you do. So just stay in the space. And just keep breathing. Nice, gentle breaths. Feel that resonance. Feel into your sacred soul self. And choose to know you. And now just bring your attention back into the room. Welcome back. So I'm hoping that Shauna can turn off the uh, turn on the mics. And um, if you have any questions, if you can um, just, you know, wave your hand if you have a question about anything that we've done or anything that you'd like to just chat about for five or so minutes that we have left. I'd love to answer questions and questions. That you have. No questions. I'm Nada, i I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, I was able to unmute everybody I think okay so Ruth thank you very very much for today making room and space in your day for me to complete so that I could be here now I really appreciate that I'm, I'm so grateful for that I can't tell you how much I feel like I have my session today <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, Ruth very very graciously um, agreed to move her session for me today because I'm in the midst of packing to move up not that I packed very much in my office as you can see but um i have my sister to help me with that tomorrow so it's all going to be great uh but was working on the rest of the house and some other important things that have to happen when you're moving so ruth what came up for you today in in this talk i know we've talked about a lot of this before it's wonderful to do the affirmation because i do that every day